Hi, everybody. Welcome back to How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything. I'm the host and creator, Juleika Lantigua-Williams. Since we launched, I've been talking to adult children of immigrant parents who open up about situations from which the rest of us might learn something. I've also invited experts with experience and advice to help us understand and navigate these tough moments. This week, I'm talking to Lori Martinez about her experience living in France as the COVID pandemic set in across Europe and her efforts to get her mom in New York City to take serious safety measures. Let's get into it. My name is Lori Martinez. I'm Colombian-American, and I call my mom and dad Mami and Papi. And I currently live in France, where they call their mom and dad Papa and Mama. It's so frustrating to tell this story because <laughs> just in hindsight, to be correct is not what you wanted at this point, you know? So basically, I've been living in France for the past five years, and when the pandemic began, um, I had the foresight of what would possibly happen in the U.S. Uh, in the weeks that followed. And I started to warn my mom, like, you should be careful. You're going to have a lockdown very soon. You should probably stop going to work. And, you know, as things intensified here, I basically told her, uh, no, you really need to stop going to work. Um, and the conversations became more and more anxiety-inducing on both ends because for her in the U.S., there was nothing happening and there were very few cases. And for me in France, it was like you can no longer go outside unless it's less than a kilometer from your house. Uh, you have to you know, have special permission to go outside with a piece of paper saying, okay, you're going out for a specific reason. And I knew that that would end up happening in New York. And so I would talk to her and I would say, mom, mommy, listen to me. And, I, and, you know, it went from phone calls to text messages. At one point, I texted my mom and I said, mom, if you love me, please stop going to work. And she still refused to not go to work. She kept going for days and days. And, you know, I wasn't to the point where in New York City there was already a lockdown, but not in upstate New York. And there were like a few cases in her town. And she was like, no, but there's only six people in Monroe County. And then like two days later, there was 30 people in Monroe County. And then two days later, it's like, oh, there's 130 cases in my <laughs> And it just kept escalating. And she still was like, no, but it's not as bad as New York City. <laughs> you know, for, for her, it was really a joke at the beginning. And so I, the, the fun thing that I tell people is that because um, we used to watch a lot of Korean dramas when I lived back in New York because we had the Chinese and NDTV channels in Flushing, Queens. Basically, she was like, you're being a Korean drama. And I just I just couldn't handle it. And at one point, I basically, you know, for her, it was hilarious. But for me, I was crying. And I would cry to my husband. And I, you know, said, I don't know how to talk to her anymore. I told my brother and he was like, no, this is not a big deal. And so my brother was like, no, it's not. Relax, Sana, because he calls me Sana because my middle name is Susanna. He was like, Sana, it's not a big deal. Like, relax. Stop harassing mom. Stop harassing mommy. Like, stop it. <laughs> and then I said, okay, but could you, like, tell her not to go to work? Like, for me, please. And he didn't. We basically had gone to an impasse in our text messages. Every message I sent her was, please stay home. Um, mommy, stay home. Si me amas, stay home. Por favor. And she just, you know, said, no, don't, no me estreses así. Don't stress me out. It's too much. Like, you know, and then I guess because she speaks to her own mother every day the way I speak to my mother every day, she told her mom. She told my grandma. 
and my grandma, we don't really talk as often on the phone. Sometimes we send each other text messages on WhatsApp in the WhatsApp family group and everything, but we don't talk directly as much. And so I was really surprised because the, the day after that, I got a call from my grandma and she was like, mijita, dejen en paz, leave her alone. You're stressing her out. This is not as serious as you're putting it out to be. Like, you know, all we have to do is, you know, be very careful and you don't have to don't stress her out. Don't stop messaging her like that. And, you know, you, it feels like you're you're giving her an anxiety attack. And you know how she lives alone. You're going to make her even more anxious. And, like, we know that you love her so much. And so at this point, I'm, like, crying with my grandma on the phone. Um, because, one, like, she, I don't think she realized how scared I was. And, two, like, she forgot that I was in France and I was already in lockdown. <laughs> I don't know if she, like understood the the extent of my own experience with this lockdown and the quarantine and having colleagues that have COVID and, and just being like, I really want you to stay home, mom. And so I told my husband to call her. And then my husband, her son-in-law, called her and they had this very, uh, you know, in broken English conversation, both of them on both ends with accents talking. <laughs> and he convinced her, halfway convinced her, she said, "Okay, my my dear, I will I will stay home, but um, only at the end of this week." And what's really funny is that <laughs> that Wednesday, social distancing measures got even more extreme in New York City, and it was really like lockdown full. And then on Friday, the day of Friday, a coworker says, "Oh yeah, um, I don't know if I, I don't know, I, you know, Marta, I don't want to scare you, <laughs> but uh." One of the drivers who we work with, because they worked with, um, you know, food delivery trucks. So, you know, this is an essential trucking company that is bringing, you know, essential supplies to New York City. Um, one of our, our drivers tested, tested positive for COVID and he dropped off a folder and it's on your desk. And so she said, you know what, guys, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. She didn't even take the folder from her desk. She just grabbed her stuff and went home. And then she called me and she said, you were right, mommy. You were so right. So much of Laurie's story is so familiar to me. My mom also lives in a different country. And sometimes that makes it hard for us to see eye to eye on things. She's also fiercely independent <clears throat> and happy with her life exactly as it is. Thankfully, she's retired, so our early COVID conversations were a little bit different. But the dynamics are not too far off from Lori's and her mom. So I called Dr. Pam Thompson, a family and marriage therapist and the author of Surviving Mama, to talk through what's at play here. I hear a couple of things in Lori's story. First and foremost, I think that they were not only in two different places geographically, but they were in two different places emotionally. And I think that her daughter was living in the midst of a highly intense situation and wanted so badly to reach out and protect her mother. However, I don't think she was in a space where she could give proper credence to the fact that her mother was not able to respond in the way that her daughter wanted her to just jump and respond and create this very abnormal situation when her world was not being impacted in that same way. And so she didn't really allow her mother some space there to digest what was happening and then to make her own choice as it was best time for the situation in New York. 
So in your experience in these kind of mother-daughter relationships, what are, I want to say, typical, normal, standard, underlying dynamics uh, that you see often, right? Because we encounter situations where the daughter and the mother cannot seem to see eye to eye on something. And it's a lot has to do with the underlying dynamics. It repeatedly comes up that the adult adult daughter at some point um, has to unzip herself outside of her childhood body and her childhood stance and meet her mother for the first time woman to woman. And so baked into that is going to be some inherent struggle because the mother's not accustomed to seeing her daughter as this adult woman and the the adult daughter is not used to relating to her mother in that woman-to-woman way. And so it's just bound to be some friction. So in this instance, they live on different continents. So how have you in your experience seen distance, physical distance, play into these dynamics? Well, I do think that distance can create misunderstanding that is baked in when you can't intimately see somebody function in their environment and trust that they're doing okay, that they know what they're doing, that they're managing their life. And younger women have had so many more opportunities than their mothers with travel and educational uh, opportunities and job opportunities and financial opportunities that they forget that their mothers and grandmothers haven't had that kind of exposure, Mm. haven't had that kind of experience that has made them so independent and so uh, strong-willed. And so there are these misunderstandings when the daughters assume that their mothers should just hearken to their voice because, you know, I know these things. I've I've lived, I've experienced. And your mother hasn't, but she did okay. She did okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. So I actually want to talk about that because there was one point that really like hit home for me, which is when her mom basically says to Lori, well, you're just being dramatic. You're just being like a soap opera. My mom has said that to me. Like literally the same thing. Like this is not a telenovela. Okay. So you can bring the acting down. You're being very dramatic. So what is up with that? (laughs) When we speak about those generational differences, younger people live in an environment and and are exposed to so much more expression in their day-to-day lives. You know, they love to tell all their business. They love to get on every platform and share every feeling and every emotion and everything I'm going through. What do y'all think? And get everybody's opinion. And people join in the emotional party. And so there is all this emotion, which is often not anchored in more sensibility and more restraint and more wisdom and more prudence around what you choose to sh- to share, when you share, and how, and with whom. And the older generation doesn't express themselves like that. And so it can be overwhelming. It's just too much. Calm so, down. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be they, okay. Right. They can't get to the point of actually hearing what you're saying because they're just reacting to how you're presenting what you're saying. Yes. When people are caught up in emotionality like that, that's off the chart, rarely are you going to have productive conversation, if ever. And so if, if they could learn to turn that dial down 
a bit and and regulate the tone of their voice and not overwhelm with two information at one time, because that's the other thing about the younger generation, the daughters, their access to far more information all the time drives a lot of their sensitivities and their need to express this. Whereas the older generation is not as inclined to seek out that minutia of detail and know that they need it to make decisions and solve problems in the same way. So then as a daughter, Lori or I should basically stick to the headlines, right? <laughs> I, I think, I think and here's, here's the big thing. I'm glad you just said that. Stick to the headlines. Yes, that would be great with uh, a regulated tone of voice and also with some degree of empathy for what, for what your situation is. Like that creates some wiggle room and some space in the conversation. If I say, hey, okay, I understand where you're coming from, mom, because I can see here that it hasn't hit New York yet. And so I can appreciate the fact that I sound very strange calling you right now and asking you to stay home from work. Like I get that that's a bit of an unreasonable request. And so if you could just own that, if the if the daughter could just own that, yeah, I know this is crazy. <laughs> let me acknowledge that and let me own that and let me listen more to what you're hearing and experiencing in New York. That just creates some room in the conversation for it to move I forward. I want to get you thinking a little bit from like the 30,000 viewpoint because Lori's going to encounter similar situations. I'm definitely going to encounter similar situations. And... Uh-huh. I want us to be better prepared next time. What are the takeaways for Lori, for me, for other daughters listening in terms of how to strengthen their way that they can approach their moms in future scenarios where we can anticipate that there's there's going to be some pushback? Yes. So first of all, your mother is grown and she has lived her life and done it well. She raised you. And so we have to start from that premise that I'm not trying to tell you what to do. If we can just sort of enter the equation with a posture of listening as well as something complimentary, like I just want you to know, mom, I respect your judgment so much. You know, I just value all the ways in which you have lived a very wise and 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 as caring and nurturing life. But you have to mean it, though. Like, this is not BS. You have to mean it. No, this is not BS. This is, yeah, you have to really mean it. And by the way, if you've had a difficult relationship with your mother that is uh, full of resentment or, you know, there's bitterness there or whatever, still look for that one little thing that you can compliment. You know, still look for that one thing you can validate and say, okay, mom, you were just the best at this. And I get that you are a grown woman and you make your own decisions and you got to mean it. You can't be attached to the outcome. You've got to release the outcome. And when you back up like that, you make room for her to move a little closer to your opinion and your perspective. But if you just come in like guns are blazing, you got to do this and you blah, 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 blah. You're just shutting that thing down and she's never going to move closer to your perspective. Okay, but that's a big ask not to be attached to the outcome. It is a big ask. And that's what big girls do. That's what women do is they learn how to release the outcome and still plant my seeds 
and still offer you what I have to offer you, but it is a surefire sign of maturity when you are mature enough to let people make their own decisions, their own mistakes, solve their own problems, even if you know this is not a good path, but I'm going to let you do that out of my respect and honor for you to live your own life. So how do you communicate that without basically saying, do whatever you want, I don't care anyway? (laughs) (laughs) please tell me (laughs) you don't even have to say it you don't have to say oh well I'm going to let you make your own decision and your own mistake you don't have to say it your silence will begin to speak volumes if they say I'm not going to go to my you know quit going to my job what are you talking about that's ridiculous you can start to back it up a little bit like okay I hear you I hear you and I you know I respect that I just want you to pay attention to the news and I just want you to be alert Mm -hmm. to the fact that some things are headed toward New York that you might want to consider and back up And listen, (laughs) and listen, change the topic if you have to. Well, how was your day today? Did you have a good day, blah, blah, blah? And just entertain some pleasantries. Pepper the conversation with some pleasantries and not just hammer the person with this one issue. You got to listen. It's, you know, an elephant can't be eaten in one bite. Wow. There's a metaphor for you. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's right. Not one bite. No, not one bite. Okay. So then I want to talk about the other strategy that Lori tried to deploy, which is first she tried to get her brother to talk to their mom. And then she convinced her husband in their broken English to have them talk to one another. What about that strategy? Is that something you would recommend? No, I I wouldn't. I I don't think it makes sense the situation any better because now you're talking about me to everybody. So now you're team tagging, you you know, and now everybody's talking about me behind my back. That makes the person even more inclined to not listen and to dig in and to feel kind of hurt by that too. Last question. And I don't mean to be simplistic about this. I just want to make sure that I convey this in the way that I'm understanding it. It comes down to you self-regulating how you respond and act in the relationship. Yes, it does. It's, it's up to you to go forward and demonstrate to her that I'm a woman in my own right. And you don't have to attach a lot of words to that. You just have to act in accordance with somebody who is living their own life, living a good life, living a respectful life, a contributing life. And your mother will generally be pleased with that. All right. Let's recap what we learned from Dr. Thompson. Start with words of praise. Pepper the conversation with some pleasantries. Turn down the emotional dial. Listen, then listen harder. And express empathy for the person's situation. Stick to the headlines. Do not overwhelm with information. Avoid tag-teaming. Avoid tag-teaming. And remember, release the outcome. Be detached from whatever the person decides to do. Thank you so much for listening. I think we're official since our podcast stickers arrived this week. DM us on social or send your address to hello at talktomommypoppy.com and I will personally send you a free set. 
How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of Lantigua Williams & Co. Micaela Rodriguez produced this episode. Kojin Tashiro mixed it. Cedric Wilson is our lead producer. We'd love to hear your stories of triumph and frustration. So send us a detailed voice memo or a long email to hello at talktomommypapi.com. You might be on a future episode. Let's also connect on Twitter and Instagram at Talk to Mommy Papi and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Bye, everybody. Same place next week.